Hello and welcome back. Hello, it's another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. It's Robin Eritrea show. It's August, or it should be August, but this it's actually September, September the seventh. We're at time of recording. Uh, we had a busy August. It was some wild times. Doesn't that make me think? Oh, do you really? It's Robin Eritrea show. I just uh, remember there's this bit on shout out the show Smart Guy. TJ Henderson, super yes. intelligent, a fine young gentleman. Brother like, of Tia and Tamara? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Shout out. No diabetes connection there, although I'm sure Anthony Anderson was on an episode at some point if we like really dug into it. Anyway, that aside, there was always this. You're like, right. It, episode seven, season one, by the no way. No way. He really was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So they like one of the characters. Cuba Gooding's brother did this bit. He's like, WGX plays all the hits all the time. Most speaking, how I help you. And like that, making fun of radio sign-ons is something that I just have continued to do throughout my life. So shout out my brother and sister. And I used to just do dumb sign-ons all the time as kids. But anyway, shout out, smart guy. shout out to Disney, Disney kids. I think it's so niche that you knew that it was Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother. I had no idea until I producer looked it up right now. But wow. Hopefully you'll give us a good sign-off today. Then we'll maybe we'll okay, get a good sign-off uh, by yeah. Rob. For sure. I would actually, I've been thinking about that because you and Ashley do so much work on the podcast. So I, I do have a sign off for today. So it's not going to be funny, but it'll be good. Oh, okay, cool. Well, maybe it'll be big text adjacent because that's my vibe for Rob Howe right now. You are big text. Big text is you. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, I, I'm honored. I'm honored to think that. So <laughs> for those of you who don't live in Texas, big text is this animatronic man he's he's like basically a, a walking i guess not walking speaking and and animatronically moving dickies board like billboard <laughs> but he's like yeah. hey y'all welcome to texas welcome to the state fair and it's state fair season state fair starts i think in two weeks here in texas so i love the state fair i did a eating state fair foods with diabetes last year video and people are like oh my god like fried oreos so uh, yeah we're probably gonna have to do that again get the tiny mic out and, and go have some fun at the state fair. So yeah, I'm receiving that. I love that. Big Tex is a tall, a tall, dark haired man. And uh, yeah, I, I like it. I'm all for it. Also, he goes everywhere. Like part of his whole shtick of coming to Dallas for the state fair is that they like drive him through in pieces. So like you always see it on Dallas, Texas TV or like on the news, like it's part of like growing up in Dallas. Like you'll see a piece of big text on the highway and he goes all through texas to get here so I'll, to me i'm like rob is basically big text because this month you you went to houston for acd adc yes then you were here in dallas we did a jdrf thing and then you also went to austin not too long ago so it's like happening everywhere man <laughs> yeah i did i did i hit the dallas triangle or the texas triangle right dallas austin houston on the diabetes circuit, which was a lot of fun. I I did it a couple different ways. So for Houston, for ADCES, I drove down and I was down there with Mankind in the booth for ADCES. And I also got to see my Medtronic champion folks there, which was cool. I saw Amanda, who's a big supporter of what we do here at Diabetics Doing Things. And I hadn't seen her in person in almost five years. And we probably talk like four or five times a week. So that was really cool to see people in person. ADCES is my favorite diabetes conference, I think, because 
I don't know. I, I don't want to ultra like hyperbolize it. Like favorite might be strong. It's the one I feel most comfortable at because everyone's tired from all the other conferences <laughs> and they're just kind of like worn out from diabetes conference season. And it's a little bit more low key. And uh, the CDCSs, I think just in general, demographically are just like really nice, like kind of people who really care about their patients and deal directly with patients quite a bit. And so everyone's really nice and sweet and talkative. And I think ADCS is the most approachable of the the big professional diabetes conferences. And also just feels close to home. Shout out Dietribe. They were there for and destigmatized thing. I didn't get to go maybe next year, but it seemed like a really good time and lots of good folks all together to talk about diabetes towards like midsummer too in Houston. That that part didn't seem fun. Uh, and nobody but... was happy about it on the ground. I know <laughs> the the ADCS people, you know, you got to go where the the good conference deals are. And I And I feel like Houston in August is like the hottest place on earth. So humid. I was like walking around too. I, I try to like when I go to conferences, like walk from the hotel to the venue. Yeah, yeah. And, oh boy, it was hot. And like I, I walked over. I had a breakfast with a friend of the pod, Peter Friedfeld, and at like six thirty a.m., it was already a hundred degrees. So it oh was, lord, I love that you you brought up bringing like getting some of your exercise in while you're walking from like conference like hotel to venue. When you're making these ridiculously long road trip rides. Does your, is your diabetes impacted by like the sitting in the car for the long period of time? The I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not as hydrated when I'm in a vehicle. Like I'm not getting up to fill up my water. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's a great question. I made a, a reel about that maybe almost a year and a half ago when I was going to my niece's graduation uh, mm-hmm. because my blood sugar got a little bit high. I You know, obviously when you're sitting, you're more insulin resistant. And, you know, even if it's not like actual insulin resistance, you're just not as active. So it's harder for your insulin to absorb, right? So I think, yeah, I, I, the fun, the video I made was like, you know, just like the, you're just sitting there, you know, the insulin's on board and it's just not working and you're just sitting there and you're just sitting there. I didn't have any problems with it this time. I was very intentional about staying hydrated because I'm just growing older as a, as a person and just being more mature as a result. So <laughs> I and it's also not that far from Dallas to Houston and Dallas to Austin. It's right? five so, hours. It is a five hour drive. I'm sorry, that is the most boring drive on the planet from it's, Dallas it's to Houston. Boring. I, I would say it's more like four hours, more like three, okay. three forty-five to four, and then you know, basically three hours to Austin, but definitely longer to Houston. But I kind of timed it good and didn't get stuck in any traffic. And I think for like the first time in the recorded history of man, I-45 is like not under construction. So everything <laughs> went pretty smooth. So I just hit some podcasts. I did stop at Bucky's and I, I said my prayers, you know, to the Bucky's gods. Dude. And no, it was it was good. It was my my insulin sensitivity was good. I think also, and we'll talk about this a little bit later when we get to the mailbag, but I have been on an automated insulin delivery system now since 2018. So with first with Minimed 670G, with Minimed 770G, and now with Medtronic Minimed 780G system. So my experience with those things happening in the background that I'm not even really participating in is different than when I was on injections. So it really depends on what therapy you're on, like how things work for you. So yeah, all that to say, like, sure, I've had road trips where I'm sitting in the car and I've corrected my blood sugar or corrected my dose to try to get my blood sugar back in range. Yeah. And it's just nothing happened. And I think that's where 
you know, as part of the diabetes toolkit, especially then I added a Frezza because it's nice to just have something that kind of gets into your system without you having to walk around. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would do that with like in corporate America, like carby lunches in boardroom meetings. Like when you're having like a full day long meeting is usually the norm. So people think it's weird when I do lunges around the conference room table. So <laughs> I I try to I try to make sure I could balance it out with with whatever is there. And we have an upcoming uh, guest on the podcast, Michael Castagna, who's the CEO of Mankind. And he kind of talks about how all of the diabetes therapies out there have to use the same insulin and you know liquid insulin hasn't really changed the way we metabolize mm-hmm. it in many years. And so you know, that's what he, he was talking about, like the benefits of a Frezza is it's not liquid insulin. And so um, anyway, that's a really exciting episode. I think that yeah. we're going to like. I also didn't think about a Frezza as a problem solver in the situation. I don't know why. Like I have a prescription. I have a Frezza in my fridge, but I just didn't think about it until now. I don't know why in my head I imagined you pulling over and doing lunges and jumping jacks on the side of the road, which I'm sure I would pay money to see something that's hilarious but uh, i had had this basketball coach one time who would like we would drive to you know tournaments in uh high school and like aau and he would like every two hours like pull over at a rest stop and like make us jump around and like run around and like honestly that's really good for you like keep your circulation up like get your get your body ready to move because you don't want to just like stop and start completely like if you're having to get out of the car like you often do get out of the car go immediately and play but no i did not do that this time Okay, so I, it's interesting that your coach used to do that when you guys were riding on a bus. For all this travel to in our Texas land that you went everywhere, you drove some, and then other times you took the bus, which is I think it's like a first since I've met you. Is that I don't know? Like yeah, to get... I there. So there's like a couple different buses that go from Austin to Dallas and Dallas to Houston. So after mm-hmm. the Houston drive, I was like really tired, and I also you know, I'm offline basically for four hours. I made some phone calls, which was good, but you know, I'm chronically ill and chronically busy. So man, it's booked. <laughs> I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make the best use of my time as I can. And so both the time that I'm spending in transit, as well as like being able to recover and like not being tired. And the thing we don't talk about, a shout out to all the moms and dads out there who are the drivers of the family is if you're driving yeah. on the road trip, that's hard work. You got to be present. You got to be paying attention. You got to be driving. And it, you know, I, so I took a bus, I took a, I took a red coach, which is kind of like the in-between there's like a Vaughn lane is like the first class and they serve you like mimosas and stuff. So like, if you're going on like a bachelor party or bachelorette party trip or like a party trip somewhere, I would recommend that. But and then there's like the mega bus that's like the dollar from. And, I used to and, ride those in college, bro. No, I do not want to be on a mega bus. Uh-uh. Yeah, I think I think that's that's generally the vibe. Is like it's like you you do it if you have to. So, I would say Red Coach is definitely in the middle. I they had Wi-Fi on on one of the legs on the way back. It was I don't know. I would give it a, a seventy out of a hundred. I got there quick. It was no problem. It was easy drop off. It was right by my hotel. I was trying to like make it as minimum viable like. Uh, low carbon footprint, you know, efficient, efficient. Yeah. My hotel was right around where the bus dropped off and my event was like short, you know, just a quick Uber ride. So all in all, it it was good. And I got to see some friends in Austin. I was there for like 18 hours. And then, you know, I've sort of been meeting internet friends, IRL the past month as well. Like people I've never really met in person before. And that was been cool as well. So, you know, shout out to my, my boy drew. And then I, I got to meet 
Dr. Roy Collins, who's been on the pod, and then link up with some other friends in Austin. So I don't know. I felt I feel in the love from the Texas diabetes community for sure. And yeah. you know, exploring a little bit of my like, you know, when you go to Europe, you you experience this all the time, right? When you go to Europe and and Asia, Africa public transit is very different there and not everybody owns cars and it's just a very different vibe than here in Dallas where if you don't, don't have know. a car like you're screwed so I don't know trying trying out new things trying to you know be a little bit of a more modern commuter I totally get that yeah I know I just I guess I just always do think though like even when I'm in amp- Actually, this is funny. At Diatribe, I'm notoriously known for not enjoying public transportation. And it's because you could take the girl out of Dallas. You can't take Dallas out the girl. I'm sorry, okay? Shit is not safe. Sorry, parents. Might not be safe. You know, I you don't have my own trauma around public transportation. So I guess my like my whole thing with you driving versus being on a bus and maybe everyone's like, why are they still talking about this? But it's like giving yourself this time back as a trade-off for being in control, which is something that I think about a lot was like in regards to my diabetes also, like sometimes when it comes to your automatic pump system versus being in control all the time. So I guess, how did you, do you reconcile that? Or is it even, is it even a thought for you? Cause for me, I'd be like, I don't know how I feel about this blessed girl. Like, It's interesting. I feel that way about planes, you know, like I think with planes, we, because they fly, we feel like they're more fancy, but I feel so belittled and just like cattle called like on flights, everybody's yelling, everybody's stressed. No one knows how to get on and off. They're all like uh, trying to get like one person in front. It's like our seats are assigned and we all arrive at the same time. Like, please get over yourself. (laughs) So honestly, I didn't, there there were like five people on the bus on both. Oh, that's actually fire. That's actually like very private. Like I had nobody around, you know, there were, you know, different kinds of people. There was another guy who was traveling for work. There were a group of girls who were traveling for fun. And there's just another guy who didn't talk to anybody. It was like real, real straightforward, but it was a large bus and then there weren't that many people. So I think like back to your question about control and we could talk about this, you know, I know we talked about 780G last month, but I feel more comfortable right now with my diabetes devices being in control than I maybe ever have. And I'm thinking about diabetes less. And so that's giving me a whole lot more back. And so I'm getting back. I'm giving up control. I'm getting back a little bit more peace of mind and like able to focus on some other things. Sometimes that's sleep. Sometimes that's just being productive. I'm on a, you know, today is day 17 of me becoming a 10Xer. I'm, you know, really trying to grow professionally and personally. And so I'm, that's, it's giving me time to do focus on that to think about things like oh well if i don't drive myself down i a don't put these miles on my car and i don't have to like actively drive but b i'll have more energy and i'll be able to get a couple more things done so if i stop messing with my pump algorithm giving myself ghost bonuses maybe in two nights my algorithm will even out and things will be better is how i like i'm trying to like really maybe i'm not maybe not what i'm saying either like i think I have also been hyper controlled and happy with the mm-hmm. results like that. So, yeah, and all the algorithms are different too. So, you know, I think that's a, a personal choice. But right now, where I'm at, Minimed 780G system, I'm comfortable with letting it do what it does. Beautiful. I love where you're at. As speaking of where you're at, tell me about this huge announcement that you made on social media this month with our Diabetics Doing Things application to the Diabetes Center Burn. Shout out Greta Ellers <laughs> for working there. But we were chosen. We have been chosen as one of the final nominees, right? For this we have. So thing. 
we submitted. So last year I kind of discovered DC Burn, Diabetes Center Burn, which you guys should definitely check out, dcburn.com. A few years ago, some of you guys who were like hardcore pod listeners remember when I went to Switzerland to Medtronic EMEA headquarters, which is in Morge, which is close to Lausanne, which is also in Switzerland. And so on that trip, I went out east to to the mountains, to the Alps, to just kind of explore a little bit. And we go, we went through Bern and like Bern is like at a big train station there in like central Switzerland. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I saw Greta work there. We had her on the pod, shout out Greta. And they had this innovation challenge and there's two categories. First is diabetes devices. And the second is digital diabetes. And so I wanted to submit an idea. That was one of our big milestones for 2023. And we submitted that. And so the Diabetes Creator Collective, which is our project, and we're going to be talking more about on my channels, as well as on Diabetics Doing Things over the next coming weeks, made the top 20. There are some amazing projects in there. Some friends of the pod, Bridget McNulty, Jazz Sethi mm-hmm. also in there, Mike Natter and his crew are in there as well. And I think it was really cool to see, you know, being named alongside those And I'm just excited for the next steps to kind of be involved in this like very cool project of people who are coming up with technologies and devices. They also released this week, the top three devices and all three of them are just amazing ideas for, and and some of them like already exist or in like beta phases that can help people make their lives dramatically better with diabetes. And they're almost all of them are coming from people living with diabetes. So highly recommend you guys checking them out and Next year's innovation challenge, I think they open up in in the spring of 2024. So I think there was some confusion. They like announced it on LinkedIn and some people thought that I was running the challenge. And so they were like submitting their stuff to me. Yeah. But I was like, no, 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 it's not me. I'm just in it. But yeah, so Diabetes, Diabetes Creator Collective trying to make a system. And this was interesting. You and I were talking about this on social media because a woman who has been a diabetes creator for a while from Costa Rica and had kind of like disappeared and stopped creating, came back. And she was one of the people that I was thinking about when I made the collective, because I believe that the next great diabetes creator is out there. But if we don't create a environment for that person to be successful, to either get mentorship or sponsorship opportunities or community opportunities, that we run the risk of them not being able to bring their art or their idea to life. So Diabetes Creator Collective is going to do our best to create more opportunities for diabetes creators because to me, diabetes awareness is driven on micro communities. We all have our favorite bloggers. We have our favorite Instagrammers. We can all name them. Not all of them get the notoriety that they deserve on like a public level. Like, you know, there are very few like diabetes only creators who are, you know, 100,000 followers and more, but those people still make amazing stuff and they need opportunities. And so we kind of sit in this really unique space where we've been doing this for eight years. My business in like technology and marketing has allowed me to create opportunities for us. We can talk more about some more of those later, but. I want to be able to open that up and use the relationships that we have and we've created to create more opportunities for people with diabetes to continue to do what they do and get paid for it or have a chance to get insurance coverage or have the chance to you know, just 
continue doing what they do and not have to take side jobs because life gets in the way. And, you know, diabetes burnout is very real. And especially if you're a creator, because you're doing this for the love of it. And, you know, if there's not a way for you to sustain that, then uh, we run the risk of not getting the next great diabetes creator innovation. So that's I, I was, my, what I'm working on. That's literally what I was about to say. It was a lot of things that a lot of something that people always forget about creators is they have bills and they have to pay them. They have to have jobs. And it's like, I don't know, a lot of people think this is my only job. And I'm just like, no, man, like I do all this other stuff to make my life possible. And a lot of the skills I learned here at Diabetics Doing Things. So it makes perfect sense to me for us to host Diabetics content, like Creator Collective, because it's like, I was like the first. So it's very fun for me to get to see the idea now come to fruition. I'm really excited for us to be able to announce more and more and to, you know, hopefully win the cha- the innovation challenge. So we'll yeah. See. So my, my, you know, my goal, first goal is to make top 20. The next cut is the top three. It's going to be a hard decision. There are a lot of really great ideas. And so it's going to be my job to make sure that I make sure that we're in the consideration and that we check all the boxes and we answer all the questions and make it exciting because I really do think it's exciting. It's also on the blockchain. So part of that innovation, you know, what if, what if we could send payments to diabetes creators with no payment terms and no transaction fees? What if we could create a way for someone to who is unbanked to be able to get money from a Bitcoin ATM at a gas station because they need insulin and they need money to pay for it. You know, this is the global network of diabetes creator payments that I want to create. So I think it's going to be really cool. And if you're out there listening and you're interested in blockchain and you're interested in all that stuff, get in touch with me. The future is Web3. And that's also been a really cool thing, getting connected with Another, uh, there's a couple of guys who are in the innovation challenge who are creating a web three diabetes app and it's just neat to meet other people who are interested in the same things as you. Very, very awesome. It seems like we're in this crazy, not crazy, I mean, that's another word, but exciting phase of of diabetics doing things where we're doing all the stuff, like you're doing all these speaking events again. We have submitted for the innovation challenge and now we're in the top 20 and we're hosting events live and in person. So we're, we're literally going to Denver next week to host Diabetes Legend basketball camp, which to me must be such a moment for you. Like a person who's been playing basketball their entire lives. Like I can't imagine like now, is this your first time hosting a basketball camp? Like, yeah, actually. Yeah, is. I was going to say like uh, this must be what an achievement. Congratulations, by the way, also. Yeah, thank you. I love basketball. <laughs> and I also just remember, I love I try to think of like 17-year-old Rob and the cool thing is, and, and I hope that, that this person is going to come to the camp, but in some of the conversations with some of the Colorado Diabetes chapters of foundations, shout out Children's Diabetes Foundation and JDRF uh, Rocky Mountain. They've been super supportive of me coming to Colorado and you know, Colorado is literally my second home. That's where I went to college. And you know, just, it's going to be really cool for me to go back. I have some of my best friends who live there. And so when we came up with the idea, like we posted it and immediately got a lot of traction. We were in the the Denver chronic or the, the Denver Gazette, like someone saw it in the Facebook group and we were in the paper. We've got That's so cool. awesome, awesome amounts of people uh, registered. And I just try to think like, what would 17 year old Rob or 16 year old Rob with diabetes, like want, want to do, or like, what would be cool to him? And 
there's a kid who's like a pretty good high school player who has diabetes in the Colorado area that one of the, one of our partners, I think it was children's diabetes foundation was saying that might, might come to the clinic and hear Gary talk, because that's the other thing is Gary Forbes is coming with us. And he is the last person with type one diabetes to play in the NBA. He's, you know, somebody who played for the nuggets while I was in college in Colorado and me reading about him, like at a particular moment, like gave me the confidence to continue to chase my dream because he was doing it. And so, yeah, you know, I think his, he just released the second chronicle or kind of like volume, uh, the second volume. Yeah. in his book series soul survivors which is about kids with chronic illnesses who are superheroes and so getting a chance for the kids to interact with gary and for gary to you know share his story with them and also have a little fun little basketball clinic it's at my my trainer from colorado who was my trainer that helped me you know go from being you know in college to the pros it's at his facility at the basketball social house so it's like it's a lot of things coming into fruition for me it's a lot of we have uh, the great support of sponsors like Med- Medtronic and Mankind, who have been awesome supporters of us here, but also Skin Grip coming through for us again. And it, I, I just think, again, creating things like diabetes creators, like trying to trying to have a basketball camp, like I ordered t-shirts from the vendor last week. And, you know, there's going to be a diabetics doing things basketball clinic. And I think if you had told me that eight years ago, I would have, I wouldn't have been surprised, but I think it's something that I'd be really proud of. And Again, this is really just the proof of concept. My goal is to do Diabetes Legends basketball clinics more regularly because there's amazing people with diabetes who have played at the highest levels of basketball. And, you know, for me, it just you know makes me nerd out to be able to create opportunities for kids with diabetes to interact with them. So yeah, I love I'm people psyched. with diabetes, but it does also make me a nerd that I'm like one day we'll have like, I don't know, Shaq. Like, how cool would that be? Like, if Shaq was the guest at our Diabetes Legends basketball camp. Now I'm shooting for, like, the stars, right? Now that you've made it possible, sky's the living. I don't know. Like, if you would have told me three years ago, like, we're going to host a Diabetes basketball camp, I would have been like, how? Me and Rob? Like, what do you mean? And now, like, we have staff. And it's just great. It's just great. It's just great. I'm very excited. And this is, I, I can't even believe that this is where we're at. But it's very encouraging to see how many people are coming, like, registration is filling up if you'd like to attend like by time recording there's still space open now so you definitely can attend we'll put the link in the show notes for you guys but yeah i'm just i'm really excited and diabetics doing things takes denver yay yeah it's gonna be exciting i i am stoked and yeah i mean i think things happen in their own time and we have really stretched ourselves this year we Mm. really not just in like uh, posting literally a podcast every week but going now our second like company trip, working on DC Burn and the Innovation Challenge, and and also like you said, like doing other speaking gigs and working on sponsor content and things like that. Like we we've been doing the work, and I I'm excited that you know kids with diabetes next week in Denver get to benefit from it. And we're not even done, folks. I felt like I was like the Bugs Bunny, like that's all. No, it's not. Not at all. We're hosting a pickleball event. Pickleball, pickleball, whatever here in Dallas on December 2nd. So first of all, I'm terrible at pickleball. I've been trying to get, I can say it now, my man's to play with me, but he's like, no, dude, we're not doing this. But uh, maybe, bad, I he, yes, he is, yeah. or, else or else he's out. Because, yeah. uh, so I will say, 
I'm glad you brought this up because multiple people have messaged me and be like, I, I don't know. I'm not very good at pickleball. Like, I don't get it. What I would say is to embrace the beginner's mindset because pickleball to me is the easiest sport to be competent at. Like you don't have to be great, but you can be competent and have fun without any experience. So you could literally show up. Chicken and pickle is going to provide paddles. They're going to provide balls. All you got to bring is yourself and your shoes and your partner. And we've got a fun division, which is for people who are not trying to win the, the world record. We've got the competitive division, which is for people who are out there trying to win that trophy. And I know that there are people who uh, there are literally people flying in for this event. So this is something that I want us to do for 10 years. This is the first one. This is the inaugural. We're going to raise a million dollars over 10 years to support our work with ah! North, Texas, North Texas Food Bank and Feeding America. So this is me, you know, for years, and I put this in the email, but for years I've been thinking about like, how do we get people with that without diabetes to care about what we're doing and to be a part of an event that we can use to support what we're doing? That's nothing against walks. I think they're amazing. And obviously they raise a lot of money uh, and they're really great for kids. But one of the things that people don't talk about enough about walks is that the first two or three years after you're diagnosed, your walk team is super great. But this disease doesn't go away and people get other priorities and, you know, they don't want to do another walk or whatever the case may be. And I get that. So we, I didn't want to create something that was just another kind of walk. So I wanted to have something that was modern and fun and pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the world. And we have the chance to do it here in Dallas at Chicken and Pickle on Grand Prairie on December 2nd. And it's going to be fun. We're going to have a silent auction. We've got some cool stuff coming in for that. We've got you know, it's going to be fully catered and it's not that expensive. You know, it's a pickleball or two people, two person teams. There's the fun division is a little cheaper. And then there's a the competitive division. There's going to be prizes and trophies and t-shirts. And we're going to have ourselves an awesome time uh, in December. There's also, you know, in, in Texas, it could be 80 degrees. It could be 50 degrees. It could be 30 degrees. We don't know, but there's indoor courts as well as part of our deal. So uh, we're going to be playing pickleball come rain or shine in December. We would have done it in November, but we didn't want to compete with any of the walk weeks during National Diabetes Awareness Month. So National Diabetes Awareness Month, Diabetics Doing Things Pickleball Classic, December 2nd, 2023. It starts here, and I'm going to try to get as many people as I can. I'm going to be shamelessly plugging this for the next 90 days. So please come to this or else I'm going to, all this will be for nothing. So you guys uh, want to watch Rob implode? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but it really stresses me out. We're like, we're going to raise a million dollars over the next 10 years. I'm like, guys, he does that to me all the time. Like, suddenly it's like, we're going to raise five million. I'm like, Rob, can we just have the event? Let me, t let me tell you this. Like I was, I was playing golf this weekend with one of my buddies who has, he's a little bit older than me and he has, has worked in his career on some like really big, like sports marketing type things. And we were talking about Colorado and Deion Sanders and they won their, for those of you who don't know, Deion Sanders used to coach my high school's football team before he went to Jackson State. And now he coaches at University of Colorado and his kids went to my high school, et cetera, et cetera. So Deion's been a part of my life for a long time. And he was talking about him because they won. They beat TCU at home, number 17th ranked TCU at home. There was this amazing game. And he was just saying that there's something about him that can make things happen that shouldn't be able to happen. Like he just has this ability to do something. And so like, that's what I'm bringing to this is like, you are, you're only putting limitations on yourself. Like, where is that coming from? Why not us? Why can't we raise a million dollars over 10 that's years? That's fair. 
all of these, you know, all of the proceeds from the, this event is going to support our North Texas food bank work. We asked ourselves a big question last year about how do we help people in Dallas with diabetes? And the answer was we get involved with North Texas food bank. Well, awesome. They want to do more stuff with us and we don't have the capacity to do it yet. So we've got to raise money to do that so that we mm -hmm. can make a difference for our, our neighbors with diabetes who are totally disengaged from diabetes community who don't have relationships with their endos who are, you know, really trying to work hard to make ends meet and are being served through North Texas food bank and feeding America networks. Guess what? We do that here in Dallas. There's been over 500 people that have gone through our, our little program. We put on an event in, in June called getting started with diabetes. We mm -hmm. had some amazing creators. So again, creating opportunities for creators to make a difference in communities of people who need help uh, and need information about diabetes. And so that's where your money is going from the Diabetics Doing Things Pickleball Classic. And I think that's where, you know, I, I just really want to make this stuff happen. And so, yeah, it does sound a little wild. It does sound overwhelming, but all we got to do is raise $100,000 an event, you know, every year. It's going to grow. It's going to be awesome. And this is the first one. And we're swinging for the fences. If we don't make yeah. it, we'll get pretty close. And, and it'll still go to directly impact people who need our help here in Dallas-Fort Worth, for starters. And then, you know, our audacious goal is to revolutionize diabetes education through every Feeding America chapter by the end of 2025. And that's going to take work, but it's also going to take vision. And, you know, the, our vision is now creating a more equitable world for people with diabetes. And that starts with, getting our friends who don't have diabetes involved and championing our causes because that's to your point why couldn't Shaq come to a diabetes legends volleyball or basketball clinic i want Shaq <laughs> yeah why not so but we've got to get started in order for that to happen we got to start uh, the journey with a thousand miles starts with a single step so yeah absolutely uh, the time's gonna go by anyway you always say that too yeah it goes by quick and you know so when my friend told me that on on over the weekend i was like yeah why, why shouldn't we believe, you know, you know why guys like Deion Sanders believe that crazy things are possible because they have seen it in their own life. And, you know, I think that's where shout out my guy, Marcus Brown, about 10 years ago, I, I tweeted, you know, after I got, it was, it was longer than that now. Wow. Like 12 years ago or more after I signed with the Globetrotters, I was like, you know, I, the reason I believe that crazy things are possible is because I've seen them happen to my friends. And, and he was talking about that, you know, he's world champion from Staten Island, New York you know, world champion boxer. He just won again, a uh, cruiserweight fight a couple of weeks ago. So when you see people that, you know, do amazing things, when you hear the people on this podcast do amazing things, it's not unique to them. You have that ability in you to do the same. And, you know, that's what makes me so excited to talk to the people that we have on this podcast, who, whether it's, just day-to-day -day life, like doing what they do to, to make ends meet or to get their kids to school or whatever the case may be, or they're you know, lobbying to the government of their country to provide CGMs to all the kids with diabetes or you know, achieving world records or playing in the NBA or whatever it might be, like that stuff is possible for you too. And so that's what I want, you know, when they, when I turn to dust, when we march towards the great certainty, I want that to be the legacy that I leave behind is that man, Rob just smoked it to the filter. He like, he used every, every ounce of ability and passion that he had before I, I checked out. It's a, it's a fair, 
you know what? I retract what I said. It's giving me Peter Pan. Like, you know, like when they can't fly unless they believe it. It's very much that. So it's like, we can fly. <laughs> we can do it. I don't know. You give me these pep talks, pep talks all the time, but they're so good for everybody else. I love that everybody else gets to hear it because it's the, the Phil Jackson. In you. <laughs> the, the Instagram reel is going to love that one, I think. <laughs> yeah. That one's going to be good. It's just another Rob rant. Okay, enough about me. We've been... I've been the, the center of this podcast, which is which is my way. But we got we're short on time, and you have had a crazy quite month. A month as well. Yeah, I've been doing a bunch of stuff. I guess we can go all the way back. Let's go back, like Hillary Duff once said. Let's go back all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> we haven't talked. I know, right? Come clean, great song. No, we haven't. We just haven't had an episode in a really long time. I think that we have these meetings and we do production and we talk all the time, and then life kind of happens in between and then we get to do this roundup and it's like oh well that happened and it was just a month ago so at the beginning like after our episode wrapped last month i and this is going to be a little tmi for some of our listeners so if you're queasy or you're a male and you're weird about women functions and periods like you don't want to check out now you can but basically i was on my period for 16 days and i got very concerned and worried about it It's not normal for me. I'm a pretty regular person. And so I Googled it, which is probably the worst thing that you can do. And I also talked to my doctor about it. And they were like, well, you can either wait for it to resolve on your own or you can come in and see if it needs to be like something needs to be removed, whatever. I, I feel like it's not notorious yet, but we'll just tell you guys now. I'm terrible about dealing with stuff. I will let something just be like right there and just not deal with it. It's like a really normal human thing, by the way. That I think so, right? Just like avoiding something. It's just like, I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with it. And so I started having like pain. So I started getting these really awful cramps and just not feeling good. And I was like, well, what if it's like appendicitis? I don't know. I just started freaking out. I started like catastrophizing what was going on. So I literally packed up a bag. I feel like also having diabetes has trained me in this way where it's like bring extra clothes, bring low supplies, bring everything you need to the hospital because you don't know. If you're going to the emergency room or if you're going for a long period of time. I did try to go to one of those, what's it called? The diagnosis clinics that you can just go to. Like like an urgent care? Yes. I attempted to go to an urgent care and they're like, we don't deal with OBGYN stuff here. Go to the emergency room. So I did. When I got there, they were like very concerned that it was that much time of bleeding because basically like you could, lots of stuff could be going on if you're a woman hemorrhaging, some type of cyst, your ovary could be a torsion, just like an un fathomable amount of like despair could be happening so they did an ultrasound and an mri and they did a bunch of stuff and by the end of it they were like ma'am you have an ovarian cyst it will hopefully dissolve on its own but please go to the obgyn and why did you wait this long was like a big question because apparently you could have like i could have bled out or something so all of that to say i am fine now it dissolved on its own i'm totally cool my blood sugars were messed up that entire time that sucked I assumed it was just like period related, but it wasn't. It was like obviously more. And what I learned was that women's health and diabetes is something that we just don't talk about as a community at all. Because I like looked for resources like, okay, what about my diabetes? And there was nothing like there was nothing on Google that could alleviate my terror at my what I thought was my impending doom. But I'm fine and we need more education online because, oh, my God, I really thought I was going to die. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that, A, I'm glad you're okay. The, during that same time, though, you had an issue with your sensor where, like, in the middle of the night went super high. And were those two things related? I don't know. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So it's like, is it coincidence or is it just your your body is freaking out? Um, and as we continue today's conversation about what's going on with me, you'll see that that is like kind of a not recur- it seems like a recurring theme for me. Where like if my body is not feeling so great, my diabetes is like, hey, red flag, red flag, red flag. And I will just like try to bolus and take care of it my way because that's what I've been kind of trained to do. But sometimes it's not you treating your diabetes. It's like other factors that are impacting your control. It is. And I think control is something that we often comes up as a theme for people with diabetes because you have this weird type A responsibility when you get diagnosed, like taking care of yourself and keeping yourself alive and counting carbs and dosing and remembering to take your medications and all these things. And then it makes it on the other side of it. There are certain things that you cannot control. And that makes those are oftentimes very difficult to deal with and difficult mm-hmm. to reconcile. Cause it's like, I know my body, I'm taking care of it. I'm making these decisions. And then, you know, something happens like you go on a trip and you come back and you get COVID. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be But yeah. So I went to Mexico City. I was home for a while. Actually, I was fine. I even had a birthday party, ladies and gentlemen. I admit it openly. Mariachi and all. It was incredible. The next day, we went to hang out with some of my boyfriend's friends. And one of them had had COVID the week before. So that's where we think we picked up COVID because we ended up having to quarantine together and get COVID. And I w- like I remember I woke up on a Sunday night. My blood sugar was super, super high. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm like changing my sensor, changing, not like changing my sight, everything. Couldn't get my blood sugars down. And then like the next day I was fine. And I had a meeting with you the next day. And I was just like, dude, I don't know what happened. It was just like the weirdest 24 hours of diabetes ever. Just high, 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 high. And then two days later, we both tested positive for COVID. And I was like, oh shit, like, that's what was going on. Like my body was trying to tell me like, yo, you don't feel good, dog. Like, hello. Yeah, so and, your, and just to clarify, you and your boyfriend and our meeting oh, was yeah, virtual. Yeah. So yeah, I, our meeting I, was I, virtual. I didn't see Rob in person. We just had like this little, what we do, right? Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was interesting that we talked to each other because I think we both had bad diabetes days. And I just kind of chopped it up to run of the mill, bad diabetes day. But really it was, you have COVID and you're, and I honestly still feel pretty crummy. That was last Monday. I tested positive on Thursday. Now it's Thursday, September 7th. It's been a whole week since I tested positive. I'm not really feeling my best. Lots of weird fatigue and like brain fog where I'm like tired and I'll go to sleep and think I only need five minutes or really I need like two hours. So yeah, that was getting COVID. What is this round five of COVID? I mean, I've had COVID. This is my third time, I think. And it's like, what, year three of this and still going, I don't know. There's a whole new COVID out. So Please be careful. Please be safe. I know I'm going to be masking. New, co- new COVID just dropped. I mean, literally, though, like I, like everything was fine. And now everyone has COVID again, especially here in Texas. Like, oh, my God. Well, I think, too, it's just kind of the natural progression of things. Like COVID is like the flu now. So, you know, it's COVID season. You know, the seasons are changing. Kids are going back to school. People are going on their last vacations. And also, you know, you know, people get sick. And I think that's something that, you know, over the past few years with not as many people traveling and not as many people going to big events, you, we forget that like you, you know, your immune system gets compromised when you run it, run into big germs. So be sure to, you know, wash your hands, drink your mask, drink, wear mask your mask if you, if you need to mask on like planes and things like that, because there's probably somebody around who's sick. Yeah. It's just not, and it's really not a fun time. Like 
the first time we did we're in lockdown, I was like, yeah, you don't have to go outside. They're not locking the world down no more, y'all. They're going to make us keep going to work. So don't get sick and have to go to work because it, it was they, horrible. They told us that aliens were real and they didn't even give us the day off. So um. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to get into that with you because we will never end this episode. Um, <laughs> so let's you know what? All that say, I'm fine. Please be careful. And if you have any suggestions for me, please email them to us at mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Mailbag. Are we talking mailbag now? Mailbag. mailbag. Yeah, there should be music. Mailbag. mailbag. <laughs> Dumb. Wow. Um, I love it. Okay, we did get some questions and keep sending them. We're going to keep doing them. So I may even do just like a mailbag only episode. So this That'd is your... Fun. This is your chance to send that, and I'll just get on the mic and cook. Someone cooked here. A Rob how? Yeah, I did. You just I little love that TikTok trend. You're not. If I come in the pod and you're talking about women's health, diabetes, and black issues, who cooked? Who was here, Rob? Someone cooked here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Stephen Woodward wrote us to please reference the difference between dawn phenomenon and feet on the floor, because I think we've talked about it. We kind of. I felt like. Don't put on my feet on the floor both have to do with like waking up. And I always thought that they had to do with like standing up or feet on the floor did. But let's talk about the difference, I guess, for people who listen to our podcast. And if we have confused you, I apologize. Yeah, I think always the way that I have to categorize, like we don't give medical advice on this podcast for a reason because I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Uh, wow. And I'm, your face, when I said that, says it all. Uh, <laughs> but- yeah, I was not confused by this, but I do think it's important because, yeah, like you said, it's not just when you stand up or put your feet on the floor. It's when you wake up. So I think this person gave us a couple articles and mm-hmm. shout out Which... Stephen for, for continuing to, to allow us to be more scientific here, which is wh- how you treat your feet on the floor versus Dawn phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And, and because one of them is more of like a spike and it's adrenaline and cortisol. We know when we wake up in the morning, Adrenaline and cortisol, when we hit the floor, tends to happen. Our liver is dumping glucose. And the way that you treat that, according to the study that we will link in the show notes, because Eritrea is a killer producer, and we'll send those to Ashley, is <laughs> is re- recommended by the study as bolus. Yeah. the it's, it's important to mention that the resources that we're linking are from Taking Care of Your Diabetes, which is a nonprofit run by Steve Edelman, which is like a really great work on just like informing people with diabetes and how to treat themselves and their doctors so they can do that when we can't. But according to this advice, basil is what you should use to manage your dawn phenomenon and bolus is what you can use to manage feet on the floor phenomenon because they are separate and should just be treated separately. So if that's something that you struggle with, check out the links that are going to be in the show notes for you. And I hope that we did not confuse you with previous explanations. I I think too, there's a great resource on Diabetes Strong. Crystal Orem has a great a lot of great resources on Dawn Phenomenon and Feet on the Floor on her site as well. But while we were talking about this email, it, it brought up something that I take for granted sometimes because I see creators and people on Diabetes Instagram posting like their mor- when their morning blood sugars are in range and like kind of like memes around that, you know, like, yeah, like everybody's really excited. And I, I just, feel weird because my blood, I wake up like every day with my blood sugars in range and because I'm on an automated insulin delivery pump and my mini med 780G system in particular, because it has features like auto correction bolus, which is new, 
And it also like helps increase or decrease the basal as needed. But I wake up every day with my blood sugar in range. And I realize that like, I take that for granted versus like when you're on MDI uh, or you're on a, a non-looping system, you may not even know that your blood sugar is high when you wake up or low or whatever the case may be. And that sets you back. So for you as well, I think, you know, you're on the tandem control IQ yep. system. So there's a sleep mode that comes with it. So it's pretty great. It also like, I love that it's not going to bolus me a bunch because it knows I'm asleep. Um, and I do wake up in range almost every day. I was actually talking about this with my friend earlier today. Her name's Audrey. Shout out Audrey, who recently got on an Omnipod system and she it was always been MDI. And she was like, dude, like my like my blood sugar being in range 99% of the day, like that is crazy to me. I'm so used to just being on top of it, you know, walking around, basically double fisting my insulin pen to try to keep myself in range. And I guess I just never thought about it because now we're both of us are pumpers. We've been pumpers for you've been at it forever and I've been at it for like at least the last five years. So it's really interesting to think about how much control we're giving to our technology to really basically make us live a better quality of life with diabetes i agree i mean and the quality of life for me is better yeah and i think everybody i think devices even even though i am a paid spokesperson or or paid influencer or whatever for medtronic when people ask me like well are you just going to recommend the medtronic pump it's like honestly like you've got to do that work for yourself you got to decide what you're comfortable with some people you know, want the best technology. That's like me. I want something that's going to be the latest and greatest. And so, you know, it was a struggle before the 780G was approved in the US because I knew it was out there and I wanted it, but I couldn't get it yet. And now I have it and wow, it's different. And, you know, I, it's crazy. Like I have not thought less about, I've thought less about my personal diabetes in the past 90 days than I have in a long time. I, it occupies such a little part of my brain Basically, only when my sights are needing to get changed or I have to change a reservoir or change a sensor, which is not that often. And I had a couple of sites that failed even. And like I looked at my 30 day, like I had a, a bad week of sites. I don't know what was going on, but and I also got replacements for them because they I called the 24 hour helpline and they replaced them. But my sugars for August for the last 30 days were 82 percent in range. Wow. And it was like. I didn't do anything. I had no part in that, <laughs> you know? So like, you know, thinking about like being able to be in range 82% of the time without having to do anything is my like personal diabetes, like euphoria. Like I want, that's what I want. I want to not think about diabetes because you know what people who don't have diabetes don't do? Think about what their pancreas is doing. Right. And so, you know, I entered all, sure. I counted all my carbs. Like I'm not, I don't want to over like overhype it, but I, Compared to what I did before or what I did on MDI or what I did on the 770G system, I got all that time and energy and headspace back. And I'm turning that into energy for like diabetics doing things and for recreation, the agency and like trying to personally grow. And so that's really cool to be back on that momentum because, you know, waking up in range is a privilege, a huge privilege. And I had just been taking it for granted. Having range is awesome. I want to use this moment to plug timeandrange.org, which was launched this week by the Diatribe Foundation, because it literally showcases all of the research that is like, this is how much better your life will be if we prioritize being in range. But I also love that you highlighted the privilege 
around it because not all of our counterparts around the world have access to the same technology that you and I are so blessed and privileged to access. So something that I always want to add so that people are reminded that, I don't know, something somebody, thing somebody said earlier to me today, I know how they meant it. They meant it in a nice way, but they said that when someone's looking for support with as a person with diabetes, like when they say I can't, it's because really it means I won't. And it really bothered me because I was just like, that's not true for all people living with diabetes. Like, it's just not accurate because, yes, a life lived in time and range is incredible and awesome. But also, like, we just don't all have the tools for it. So if you are someone who doesn't, don't feel bad about yourself. I see you. I recognize you. And I hope you're doing your best. Yeah, I think a toxic belief that we have in the West is that life should be fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm or that it should be easy. And it's not. And I think the minute you allow yourself to accept that life is hard, diabetes or not, you relieve yourself of the stress of trying to make it easy. And, you know, when you encounter challenges and you will encounter challenges, you don't have to beat yourself up for not having it all figured out. You don't have Uh, figured out? Good. (laughs) Yeah, I knew you were going there. You know, you guys saw my my video. Some people recognize it as parody. Some people thought it was real. It's happened half, bro. It is happening. Not sitting here telling me it's all parody. I want you guys to know that he actually feels that way. It's weird. But at the same time, it is also just jokes. I just remember, though, like, and it's become really clear to me. I've repeated this a lot, but I was really frustrated with not being able to be better at or not being able to have like certain things in my business life and professional life, like on autopilot, like, Oh, I was telling myself this story that I shouldn't be having these problems. I have enough experience and enough ability to, to figure them out. It should be easy. And then I remembered, because everything comes back to basketball for me, there has never been one single time where I stepped out on the basketball court and automatically all my shots went in and all of my plays happened and I didn't have to do anything. Every single time I went out there, I had to make them happen. Whether I was prepared for it or not, or whoever the competition is, like I had to go do it. It never just happened. And so I think in the professional life, in the West at least, we beat ourselves up for not being great managers or not being great accountants, or not being great time managers, or not being great project managers. Moms. Our moms. As if you've had all of this formal training. And I think for the most part, we don't get enough of that training. And that's just, you know, part of life. And to that, I say, good. Uh, (laughs) Because, you, you know, it's just a chance for you to be better next time. And, and I think that as long as you're not beating yourself up, as long as you just accept that life is hard and life can be unfair and that the deck in many cases is stacked against you, at least then you recognize that, oh, it's not my fault that these things are happening. This is just how life is. And you know, when people talk about comparison being the thief of joy, I think that that is so true today. And I hope that you're not pointing at yourself, like pointing those fingers back at yourself and saying that, you know, I'm not capable because of these things happening that are mostly out of your control or mostly just part of living a normal life. So with that, I, that's that's kind of my end end of my rant for uh, the uh, the Robin Eritrea show. So I promised you a sign off. 
So here it is. This episode was produced by Eritrea Musa and edited and published by Ashley Bright. And shout out to DJ and Corey from Excel Creative. They are diabetes-owned business, and they are helping us with our Instagram content as well. So shout out to everybody on the Diabetics Doing Things team, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Stopping the recording. The, the stupid little mouse like won't get the